Hello, everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, and this little show we are doing now is called Solid Steps Radio. And about six years ago, we got our heads together, and that's not a lot of head to get together, but we got together. We the, put Lord, it together. the Lord got us together. That's yeah, exactly <laughs> right. If you ever want to hear that story, ask us how the show got started. But <laughs> we said, you know, let's let's do a show for men. And the reason why we wanted to do the show is our primary audience for men. We got a lot of ladies listening, and that's great. We're thankful is that men will talk about sports, weather, and politics. But when you start talking about the things for eternity and things that change lives, we tend to be a little bit more quiet. And we've got to engage men a little bit more in regards to the areas of the things that matter most. And we the name means Solid Steps Radio means we believe you as men, you are not walking in your destiny if you are not walking with the person of Jesus Christ. And that we believe that when you walk with him, you won't walk perfectly, but you'll walk with the one who is perfect and our life will be looking and sounding different. So we wanna tell the stories that God is writing in men's lives. Well, today we're gonna tell a story uh, we're going to hear a story that God has been writing and is writing because he's always the author, right? And he's and he's writing these stories in people's lives. But if you hear my voice now and you're in the Louisville area and I say born in West Louisville in the 1950s? 1961. 1960s. And the, and the Cotter Homes Projects. That will, if you are old enough, you'll know what that means. And you'll think about certain areas and, and what who and what goes on in those areas during second certain decades. Everybody, Everybody's lives are changing from a geographical standpoint. But when you hear the story of a person who was born in this area and then had to overcome things, you think nobody's gonna overcome that. But we're sitting here and gonna hear a story of a man who's not, has not only overcome, but he is now helping other people overcome things that you cannot overcome by yourself. So welcome, Todd Moore, to our radio show. Thank you, Kurt. So, brother, we are here to hear your story. And uh, so you, you grew up on the west end of Louisville. Yeah, Carter Home. Just talk a little bit about your upbringing. My upbringing was one of drugs, um, a lot of uh, violence. Um, my mother was a drug dealer. My father was a pimp and a drug dealer. My other father was a bank robber and a drug user. Um, being one that's, I shared with you earlier, growing up in prison visitation rooms, uh, visiting my great-grandfather and my grandfather, my both my fathers, my mother, my uncles, um, that was ingrained in our family. Um, we sold drugs. I mean, that's how we lived. That's how my Parents made a living. You know, my father wasn't never there. He was out there in prison. Or he was just totally missing both of them. However, my mother, you know, she was a queen pin. You know, she ran her drug operation, and we reaped the benefits. I mean, though we lived in Cotter Homes, the projects, we had the best living in the projects. You know, and she ruled with her, with her iron fists. And, um, yeah, it was a generational curse. So you started getting in, into, into trouble from the get-go? No. No? What happened? No. Uh, I was pushed towards education. I mean, police would always be busting down our doors and things of that nature. You know, me and my brothers, we didn't get into trouble. I mean, we were like a hierarchy in the projects because we had everything. I mean, 
even though my mother was a drug dealer, we weren't getting into trouble. You get me? I get you. I was pushed towards education. Um, my brothers, they didn't do much want to go to school. And so but you I, did, but you did. Uh, my mother pushed me towards education. <laughs> and she says, uh, at one time, you're going to take over you know, a certain position in the family business. You know, so you have to learn certain things, especially numbers. So, I mean, I loved education. Uh, however, when you're growing up in that cycle, this is what you know. It's a part of your DNA. It becomes a part of your lifestyle. I mean, so even though she may not have wanted it for, like, say, my baby sister, she, was, she and I are 15 years apart. I was the youngest of the boys. Even though she may not have wanted it for my baby sister, it was permeating through the blood. It's inevitable. So it's a, it's a sin. It's a spirit. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, you're talking generational, a, a generational, generational curses. sin and curse, yes. Generational, generational curses. And so you just look at how you walk in that curse and live in that curse and see everything happening on a daily basis. And I'm like, okay, our voters most likely to succeed coming out of high school. I'm like, okay, I've been selling drugs since I came out of my mother's womb. You, you graduated from so, high school, and then what did you do? I went on to U of L. I walked on, limped you, you, off. Yeah, you, you, he said he walked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, walked yeah. on the football team and yeah, he, yeah. he limped off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, and like I told the pro boy, this is nothing new. Even when I was at U of L selling drugs, people wanted that commodity, okay? And so I'm like, all right. I'm going to get you what you need. You know, so it's been, even though you try to overcome and, and step out and don't do, by bidding your DNA, it's always calling you. If you don't have a resurrection, because church was not in my family, okay? Yeah, Nowhere you, in my family. Yeah, you mentioned, you told me so nothing. You, you ain't leaning on no Jesus. You ain't leaning on no God. You ain't leaning. My mother said, there is no God. He's not putting nothing on this table. She said, I work hard every day to provide. And that's exactly what she did. She said, I'm going to buy us a house up out of these projects. And that's exactly what she did. You know, so, you know, this has been a part of my life all my life. So when, um, so you're, you're continuing, you're, you're involved in the, the business. Um, when did things start to go really south for you personally? Personally for me, when, like my, my dad used to teach me, you say, uh, never use your supply. I, I don't use drugs. I'm a drug-free individual. And went south when I got into it with a group of people to sell my work for me. And 
at this particular time in my life, I'm like, I've got all these drugs, and these guys are going to sell it for me. Then they won't come to a place that they won't take over. So everything went south real quick and in a hurry. And you had a, it was just law. Don't take from me. I'm going to give you everything you have need of to be on top of the mountain for you and your families. Don't take from me. So when individuals started taking from me, then things went south real fast and people lost their lives. I mean, I will give you everything. Just don't steal. Did your mom know that you were subcontracting? No, I was on my own okay. at the particular time. Okay. Um, I'm older than Right. And so you're looking at an individual that people love to work for me because I treat them like they was kings and queens. Family. You get me? Absolutely. And when you treat me like a girl, a bee, and take from me, that's a law. You know they've if cro- you do that. They've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. You know what happens. Because if you allow one person to do it, you have to let everybody else do it. And so, but that was, yeah, that was my life then, you know. And I thank God for his resurrection. <laughs> because we're going we're gonna to unpack his story because uh, fast forward, he's going to go to prison. And, uh, but we're going to unpack all that in the next segment. So we're going to take a break, come back, and, and hear more. If, if you're intrigued by Todd's story, uh, you haven't even heard the best parts <laughs> because it sounds like he's going in places that you'll never come out of. But we're going to go uh, and take a break and come back and hear more of how God delivered him through these places. We're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our sponsors, Ellen and Credit Union. They are a sponsor of our show and they help people with their business and personal checking needs. You got money issues, you want to put it somewhere, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you. Vision First Eye Care. They've got in 11 different cities, six in the Louisville area alone. You are more than a set of eyeballs. You are a person. If you need some vision care, whether it's contacts, glasses, or just health in general, uh, then, then you please look them up. Frank Enterprises. They are um, an organization. If you got some water issues that that landscaping, water drainage, septic issues, Frank Enterprises can take care of you in regards to all of your outdoor water waste management. Okay, so Todd Moore, you uh, you you grew up in this uh, drug dealing home. You're in a part of the business, um, and you are uh, to talk to our listeners about. Um, uh, because you're gonna you're gonna go to jail and you're gonna eventually go to prison, and uh, talk to our listeners first of all. Just how long were you in behind bars? Uh, Twenty six and a half years. I got locked up August first, nineteen ninety one. Three counts of murder, capital kidnapping, um, tried for the death penalty. Never supposed to see the light of day. Um, you you were sent. You told us in the break you were sentenced. Uh, how long? Well, I took a plea deal 
because uh, they was putting me in an electric chair. So in the middle of my death penalty trial, um, yeah, taking that deal, and then months later, the judge sentenced me to 25 to life, which meant I had to do 25 straight years before I was eligible for parole. And so 25 years, and then you, you got out twenty six and af, you know, after 26 and a half. Well, actually, I went on parole for May of 2016, and they gave me a flop for 18-month flop. And I went up again November of 2017. It's a long time, brother. Yes, it is, uh, Kurt. And uh, however, um, it's all in how you live your life. If you live your life outside of Christ, it can be even harder. You know. Um, but you didn't know. You you didn't grow up in a Christian home. You didn't go go to church at all. You weren't. You didn't know the gospel. How did you get to know the gospel? Well, I'm going to rewind, if I may. Yes. You know, because when I got locked up, you know, I, my generational curse continued to permeate during my time uh, at the jail because I'm like, okay, I'm in jail, so I'm going to build me a pipeline, you know, and my pipeline is working in my generational curse, okay? <laughs> and so, you know, when I was taught as a kid coming up, you know, visiting my family, they like if you ever get locked up, build your pipeline. Pipeline and meaning. That that's that's what you, they told you. Yeah, you, these are things are taught. So pipeline means sell drugs continuously, and oh glory be to God, I can say that right now, because the sins of the family continue to go forward. And so it wasn't until, and I hope I can talk about this right now. Yes. It wasn't until September 26, 1992, when my mother, who had taught me everything about, about the dr- way. About drugs. Everything. She came to me and told me on visitation Baby boy, I'm sorry. I taught you wrong. You need Jesus Christ. From the time of August 1st to September 26, 92, my mother came to give herself to the Lord because she looked in the courtroom and saw I created a monster. And Jesus Christ knew the only way to get to this monster was through the very individual that created it. They taught me everything that I knew. But on this visitation, when my mother shared that with me, baby boy, I taught you wrong. You need Jesus Christ. My response was, don't get weak on me now, mother, because they're trying me for the death penalty. I don't need this right now. Too much is going on. I left my mother on that visitation. She's crying, I'm crying. I go back to my maximum security jail cell the Jefferson County Jail. And I sit in that cell and I pondered. I said, God, what are you doing with my mother? Two days later on September 28th, 1992, the jailhouse minister comes through that door hollering church. 
And, and you and told, I told him, I said, hey, come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. And what time in the morning was it? It's 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I said, come here, sir. I want to talk to you. I said, you keep telling me I need Jesus Christ. My mother was just here the other day telling me I need Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, God's got you tripping. He's got my mother tripping because I don't know what Jesus Christ is going to do for me. They try to put me in an electric chair. He said, I see you every day on the news. I read about you every day in the newspaper. They say you're a horrible person. You didn't kill too many people. He said, Jesus Christ uses people just like you. I said, what? He said, Jesus uses people just like you. Have you ever read a Bible? Have you ever heard about Paul? I said, no, I ain't never read no Bible. He said, God used Paul, who had killed many people when his name was Saul, to do miraculous things for him. Bingo. I said, what you say? He said, God can use you. So I pondered real quickly. I said, if the Lord can use my mother, if he can change my mother to come and speak to me, he can change me. And he did. He said, would you like to pray? I said, I've never prayed before. But he prayed with me. And he said, the Lord has forgiven you. And I never forget. When I got out of this cell, and I called my mother. And I said, Mother, I just accepted Jesus Christ. And she screamed and hollered. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my baby boy. But I said, Mother, what can I do for the Lord? I've killed three people. She said, God has forgiven you. Go get busy for the Lord. So that's exactly what I've been doing. Ever since that day, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that everything that I had done for Satan, I had to do more for Jesus Christ. So this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. 1992. September 28th. It was the day of my resurrection. And he breathed life into me to go breathe life into others. And that's all I want to do. L listeners, I wish you could see Brother Todd right now because tears are coming down his cheeks. Because even though that was 1992, it continues to um, change him and transform him and it has still gripped his heart jesus christ who began a good work in todd moore is continuing to bring it to completion until the day of christ jesus todd i'm curious can you share what who got to your mom jesus christ did she have an interaction with him Personally, or did somebody come to her and, and talk to her like that somebody came to talk to you? I mean, I'm curious how she... No. Uh, no. The Lord has a way of speaking 
And like my mother shared with me, she would look in that courtroom. It's really like I created a monster. And so she's like, I'm the only one that's going to be able to get to him. And God knew. Because nobody else could get, could get to me. Um, yeah, you probably would have just slammed the door in their face if they, if they would have brought up uh, no, this, this whole Christianity, trust in Jesus, uh, you're, you need a savior kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I would totally dismiss it. Yeah. You know, so this is my mother. This is my everything. Mm. Well, we're going to take a break. And uh, man, oh, man, you're like, how much more can there be? There's, the story never ends. Right? God is always writing a story in our life. So we're going to take a break, come back shortly, hear more about uh, Todd and how he was in prison for years. But the best days are yet to come. So we're going to take a break, be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. sponsors of our show the louisville podcast studios we are taping today in uh, louisville podcast studios if you want to do a state-of-the-art great looking great sounding podcast you can go to podlu.com that's p-o-d-l-o-u.com very affordable and it will look and sound great bright star home care if you have somebody who you love who needs in-home care whether it's one day a week or 24 7 care bright star home care is the place you need to go to brightstarcare.com. Dan Hart Financial, if you need to talk about retirement, what does it look like, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down and talk to you about that. And then Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue. I unfortunately did not get to have any dude, lunch today, but dude, you all did. You missed out. So Southern Smoke Catering brought some barbecue in. So southernsmokecatering.com. That's a catering-only barbecue company, Chris Hadley and his crew. That's southernsmokecatering.com. Put some south in your mouth. It was absolutely fantastic, brother. And we're going to send the leftovers uh, to our brother Todd, and he can uh, take it home and did his ministry folks. And uh, But, Todd, talk us. Appreciate you, that. You, you were uh, you, you behind bars for 26 mm. and a half years. Yes, sir. Uh, God <clears throat> miraculously... Uh, I mean, just broke through in your life through your mom mm-hmm. coming to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Um, and that was toward the beginning of your 26 and a half years. Yes, exactly. Um, what did you, what was going on now in, in, in all those 26 years of prison? You, you, God used you. Talk about that. Yeah, uh, I uh, was sentenced March of 1993. I arrived at uh, Luther Luckett uh, Prison, uh, June of 1993, and immediately I became involved at the chapel. Uh, and this particular chapel seated 50 men. There were only five there, and that was including the pastor. Uh, and this pastor, dynamic. I mean, he's, he's my spiritual father today. His name is uh, Larry Coleman. And he has poured into my life even today. And he compelled men to step outside the box. And uh, he looked me straight in my eyes and told me, you need a miracle to walk outside these prisons. He said, uh, you grab a hold of Luke 137. And it says, uh, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Uh, so 
He compelled us men to go into the highways and the byways and to compel other men to come in. Like I said, there was only five people in the church. And how many how many guys in prison at Luther Luckett? There is eleven hundred. Yeah. And church wasn't something that you do in prison because everybody's trying to do they crime of choice. You get me? They smoking dope, selling dope. You know they. Running parlay, they doing everything evil, lasciviousness. Worship and turning and walking with Jesus wasn't on their agenda. Oh, heck no. <laughs> so when I arrived at Luther Luckett, because I have a hierarchy, because everybody knew me or thought they knew me because they see me on TV, and they know you, this is big Mr. Moore Baker. My last name used to be Baker, Moore hyphen Baker. This is Mr. Moore Baker right here. The man that run the family, the man that's selling all the drugs. So now we need to get up under him to see if we can get some more drugs in here. So I had one particular guy. He was following me every day. Everywhere I went, he followed me. And I said, excuse me, sir, may I help you? And he says, you're more Baker. When are we going to get down with the family? When can I get down with the family and be a part of what you're doing? And I said, the old man is dead. Are you talking about Jesus Christ? And he looked at me and said, what you talking about, Jesus Christ? I said, man, I'm a Christian. I said, I don't do that old thing no more. So (laughs) he kind of cussed me out a little bit and kept it moving. But I kept seeing him watch me every day. And then before I knew it, he was one of the, he was the sixth guy in that chapel. (laughs) Because he saw that Jesus was real. He saw me pray over my food when we would be in the dining hall. They call it a mess hall. I refuse to call it a child hall or a mess hall. Nope, it's going to be a dining hall. Because <laughs> I'm going to change the dynamic of things everywhere that I go. So we began ministering the gospel on the yard. And that five-man church grew to overflow to 60 and 70. And they would have to stand outside. Because the true men of God were going all over the yard, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, doing love walks in prison. And my love walk, I I use a 4L approach. Listen, to learn, to love, to lead. Okay, y'all want me to break that down for you? Yeah, we're we're, we're a little slow. Do do we have enough time for me to break that down? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Okay, the 4L approach. If you listen to somebody correctly, scriptures say, be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to rap. If you listen to somebody correctly, you can learn them. You can learn what they like, what they dislike, what they hate. You can learn what they have for dinner, what they don't like to eat. You can learn them holistically, spirit, soul, mind, and body. And then when you learn them, you would know how to love them the way Jesus Christ would have for you to love them. God is love, and he commissions us to go forth into love because love is what's going to break down every kind of sin known to man. And so listen to learn to love. And then once you love them the way Christ wants you to love them, nine times out of ten are a perfect ten. They will allow you to lead them. Now I gotta, I gotta ask you. Did w- when did you learn that? In prison. 
the Holy Spirit was teaching you and leading you and guiding you in this 4L process. Yeah, in prison, because everything that I'm doing in society right now, I did in prison. It had to be perfected in prison amongst hardened criminals, amongst those who didn't love Jesus Christ, walked totally against him and walked with Satan every day. So the Lord showed me, you go forth, my son, because I'm going to get you to the place where I can trust you. I'm going to weed out all the thirst for money, thirst for power, thirst for everything that was against Christ. And then once I get you to that place where I can trust you, then I can get you to that place where I can entrust to you the call on your life. And that's another story. So, I mean, because Pastor Larry Coleman was saying to us, he was prophesying, this is where a revival in the Kentucky penal system is going to start at Luther Luckett. I mean, you had men coming together at our prayer meetings. It would be 60, 70 men out there on the yard in a prayer circle. I mean, the spirit of God was going forth in such a favor and power that men, it would be 20 degrees in the wintertime. We would be gathering out for the word of God in Bible study. 20 degree weather. And the love of Christ went, <laughs> went through so much that, that, I mean, people would start coming in. Prison ministries. I remember when a uh, uh, Southeast Christian prison minister would come in. Matter of fact, that's when I learned about the j in right. the year 1999. I know I'm jumping to something else, but uh, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's fine. The prayer of j I learned about that. I read that book, and the man who gave it to me, he's in my life today. He's another one of my spiritual fathers that's investing in the West End of Louisville through New Day Ministry. Y'all learned about New Day Ministry a little bit later. <laughs> so King of Kings and Lord of Lords is going forth in such fervor and power. And I mean, the spirit is saturating. And the guards was like, what the heck is going on here? And I remember one captain, he told me when I was ministering to some other gentlemen, he says, no, 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 you're with more Baker. Y'all don't have to move. Remember, I changed. I had Baker taken off when I got out. He says, I can't put this man in the hole because I put this man in the hole. He's going to be up in the hole preaching to people in the hole, trying to set them free in Jesus Christ. Guess what? I went to the hole in 2002 and was doing that very thing. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you are who you are wherever you are. That's who you really are. And once God got a hold of you in 2002, man. No, 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 no. Not 2002. Uh, uh, 1992. 1992, September 28th. Yeah, my resurrection date. Don't change my resurrection date on me, bro, Kurt. <laughs> I'm getting my dates mixed up. I'm sorry, brother. That's all right. Um, we, we're gonna, uh, I, I, we have our intern here today. And Jonathan, you got a question for Todd. Well, he already answered it earlier because he was um, he talked about Luke one thirty seven was the verse that um, you took with you, and I was just wondering, like, is there any other verses that you took with you throughout um, your time in prison? Ephesians three twenty, unto him, yes, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you may ask or think according to the will of according to the power that liveth in you, and that power is the faith. You got to have faith. Yeah, that verse has been following me around yeah. for like a couple of years now. So I'm like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have fun with this thing, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break and come back. We have one more segment, but 
hold on, don't worry. We're going to have a whole nother show with Todd because he needs and we want another show with Todd to tell what his ministry is doing. We're going to take one more segment and tell what happened to get him out of prison here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors who help us get a commercial-free podcast. We want to thank uh, Iroquois Family Dental, Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Dr. Eric Veal. He is a supporter of this show, and he's got two locations in Louisville, so if you need teeth taken care of, oral health, Dr. Eric Veal will take care of you. The Southeast Outlook has been writing the stories that God has been writing for over 20 years now, and uh, we want to thank them for being a sponsor of our show. We also want to thank... Veritech Generators, if you need a generator for your home or your business or you need maintenance for your generator, Veritech Generator can take care of that. So, Todd, okay, you're in prison. Did um, you, You've been out now how long? Oh, January 2nd, 2018. So you, you, you've been out a few years. I've been out 42 months and some change. But God gave you a gift after you got out a little over a year ago, year and uh, a few weeks. Mm -hmm. What was that gift? April the 3rd, 2019. I, I, I had a, 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 a Facebook friend request from somebody and from my wife, uh, D. Gwen Moore. And she wasn't your wife then. She wasn't my wife then. And I, I just was able to reflect back. I'm like, golly, you know, UPS and, you know, thinking about her dad and how he pulled into my life at that particular time. He was a pastor and he's pouring into my life, but I was a heathen. And just to see the seeds that he had planted in me, you know, and what they had become, you know, uh, to that day. And that was April the 3rd. And I remember the first date that we had was April the 21st, which because, was Easter. Now, she reached out to you, right? Yeah, she reached out to me on Facebook, through Facebook Messenger, okay, and, <laughs> and sent me a, a friend request. And I just see how the Lord just, just opened so many doors. And I'm like, okay, God, this is you right here. And from April the 3rd, and then we go on our first date on Easter. You know, we go to my my mom, dad's house, you know, Bruce and Chris Zoller. We go to their son's house for Christmas. You know, they adopted me. So, I mean, I'm like, wow. And then see from April the 21st, our first date. And then we go, we get engaged. I, Yeah, on my on my knees and everything, you know, <laughs> for Christ. At, at Brendan's 23, y'all, you should see it. I got pictures of it and stuff. And to ask her to marry me on August the 10th. 2019. Wow, we April the third to August the tenth. Yeah, April, May, June, July, August. Four months, right? Amen. <laughs> and then you got, and then, and then, and then you got married when? Oh, we COVID nineteen, April eleventh, twenty twenty. COVID wasn't gonna stop that. Jesus Christ says, uh, "Oh, COVID ain't gonna mess up this right here." So yeah, we only have ten people at the wedding. So, but guess what? God was there. Hallelujah. The most and, important ones were there. You and her, right? Yes. Uh, that's right. And what and tell tell our listeners what you do every Saturday afternoon. Hey, every Saturday afternoon at four forty five, I call my wife off I'm at home and I say, Happy anniversary. Because we don't celebrate years, we celebrate weeks. Actually I celebrate days, okay? Because every day is a gift from Jesus Christ. So you can't wait to tomorrow. You celebrate every day. But yeah, every Saturday I celebrate my anniversary. Let's go. I want to go back as you're at you, toward your end of your 26 and a half years. And Jonathan had a question for you. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, I've heard lots of stories of people 
being in prison, and when they get out, they go back to minister in prison to the people that they left behind. And so I'm wondering why, um, with your ministry in your days, why you went to the children in the projects instead of going back to the men in the prison. Well, actually, um, when I was released January 2nd, 2018, I was on parole for the rest of my life. When you're on parole, you can't go back into the prison system. However, the Lord spoke to me uh, June of 2012 and said, you need to cut the head of the snake off of going into prison, which means I had to go forth and impact, influence, and affect the lives of children. Take initiative. Take initiative to cut them off from going into prison. And to empower their lives with the blood of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, and to let them know that they are kings and queens, to cut off the snake Amen. from going into prison. Statistically speaking, if your family member has been to prison, you are 77% likely to go to prison yourself. So all the children that we deal with in impoverished communities, they've had somebody in prison. So in order to cut off the head of the snake, you have to empower them intentionally. So in June of 2012, New Day Ministries was birthed from a prison cell. As I just began to just articulate as the Holy Spirit would have me to and draw up blueprints to send out to those who were willing and able and they were part of New Day to be able to act out what I sent out to them. Describe to our listeners, you are running a ministry while you're in prison, effectively for the glory of Jesus and the advancement of his kingdom, um, and you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the leader but you're doing it from behind bars. Well, actually, no, I'm not the leader. Well, Jesus Christ is the leader. It belongs to him. Yes. I'm just a man that is a great steward and a vessel of light and that he can speak into. Then I speak and speak out of me and just show me what to do. And I'm, I mean, it happened then and it's happening now that I'm walking out here in society. So the things that the Lord was doing through me, it was catching the eyes of the parole board. It was catching the eyes of people in charge. It was catching the eyes of Southeast Christian, even when I was behind in prison walls. And they're like, how is this man able to do? He said, no, we're just acting out his blueprint. We're just executing his plan of what he's writing up and drawing up in prison. I didn't just start doing this. When I walked out January 2nd, 2018. You had been doing it for years. I've been doing it for years. I reached out to government leaders, church leaders, city leaders, nonprofits, and saying, I was part of the problem. Let me be part of the solution and show you what to do. I wrote 25 letters to the city of Louisville. They fell on deaf ears. Only one person answered and said, we must come and see the unconventional methods you've been utilizing to reach young people in and from prison. Professor Monica Wendell with Youth Violent Prevention Research Center. She was the only one that answered the call. University of Louisville Professor Monica Wendell. She came into prison February 12th, 2016 as Professor Wendell. She left as my sister. She said, I'm adopting you today because Jesus Christ is totally in the midst of your life. And the things that you're doing from a prison cell 
individuals just don't do. Talk to our listeners just in a, for a minute of the importance of what God wants for all of us. He wants for us and from us for his glory. He wants, his, he wants our very best. He wants our very best to be able to look outside our comfort zones, to stand up, recognize and realize men of God that you are men, that you are the head and not the tail. You are lenders and not borrowers. You are supposed to go forth and say, hey, take back what Satan has taken. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And that's what exactly what I challenge each and every last man to do in Christ, because we are kings. And when we're kings in Jesus, he says that we can do these very things because they please who? Because they please Jesus Christ. Don't sit behind your lily white picket fence. Don't sit down on your laurels and don't do nothing. Doing nothing is not an option in Jesus Christ. You have to be men of valor. Pray to that end. Would you pray for us? That we Heavenly and all wise, eternal and glorious God, in the holy name of Jesus Christ the Lord. You have raised up men, Father God Almighty, raising up men to be men of valor, men of destiny, men, Lord God Almighty, that want to take back and not just settle. Holy Spirit, saturate, illuminate, anoint, and empower us, Lord God Almighty, to go forth into all the land, preaching and teaching the gospel, making disciples of all mankind. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, for giving us vision. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, that you pulled us out of the muck and the mind. Thank you, Lord God, that you've given us salvation, that we, Father God Almighty, can go forth and be seed planters for you, seed planters of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Lord, to give anointing to others, Lord God, to give them a charge especially to our young people, Lord God Almighty, who are our leaders of tomorrow. Bless them, Lord God, that they can stand and know that they can overcome anything by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony in Christ Jesus. Salvation is for everyone. To God be the glory in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank we have, you, brother. We have Thanks. nothing to add to that. We're going to have another show in two weeks with Todd talking more about his ministry. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.